Hi everyone, welcome to the 14th episode of the Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Marshall and in this episode, I had the chance to sit down with my good friend, Ali. Ali and I had a lengthy conversation about spirituality, happiness, and mindfulness in the context of our daily lives. And I thought it was a very productive and fun conversation where we were bouncing off of each other. And I think you would really enjoy this. Ali and I always have great conversations regarding different topics. So I thought it would be a lot of fun to record one of these conversations and put it out for you guys. So you guys can also get some value out of it. Ali also created the intro music that you heard in this podcast. Because prior to this episode, I didn't have any introduction music. But he created this. So I'm very grateful for that. So without any further delay, please enjoy. Hey, Ali, thank you so much for coming on the show. Man, it's great to be here. Yeah, it's nice to see, nice to see you again, man. Yeah, it's been, it's been a really long time. It's been like half a year, I think. More than, man. Last time yeah. I saw you was probably December, like when you finished up uh, like my, my fall, our fall semester, I guess, of like the fourth year. Yeah, exactly. And then you just left. <laughs> <laughs> and coronavirus happened then. Oh, yeah, that's true. And then our graduation got canceled. Exactly, yeah. Or postponed or whatever they did. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really, all of it feels like all of it kind of happened at once. And then we, none mm-hmm. of us like planned for any of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, it's, it's not like a, like a simple thing. It's been going on for a really long time and it's like affected like, like your entire life, right? Like you, you have to wear masks and like you can't go places and you can't do things. Like it's had, it's had like a really big impact. It's really uh, interesting to see. Well, not interesting in a good way, but like, I mean, like very dramatic. It's a a new, like new opportunities have come out of this, uh, you know, situation. This podcast came out of the situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't plan on starting this because I was procrastinating constantly. And (laughs) then once everything else shut down, I was like, oh, I should do something that I wanted to do for a while. Exactly. So, yeah, it's, it's really good because like, I think like in our undergrad, you know, we've planned for a lot of things and we've worked mm-hmm. towards a lot of different things but it was like really cool to like see all of it come into fruition towards the end i think for mm-hmm. our third and fourth year we took a lot of classes together yeah. and i really think we like at least i can speak for myself and i think i think like your influence on my academic career was very impactful and like mm-hmm. we kind of fed off of each other's energies in terms of just like uh you know working hard and like going towards or striving towards success exactly man it's been You've been a big impact as well. Like it's a give and take. Mm-hmm. And it's really amazing to see where you are now. So I'll, I'll, I wanted to officially say congratulations on making it to your desired uh, grad program to occupational yes. therapy. That's really exciting because Thanks, you man. were planning for it for a while and it kind of really came into fruition. Yeah, exactly. It's been the last uh, couple of months just been applying and then hearing back so it's like it's nice to see because it started probably back in like second year so that's like two or three two years ago two or three years ago and now I'm here so it's like what's next now it's always what's next day eh? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I remember like we were stressing out I mean mm-hmm. I'm still stressing out but like, <laughs> the last uh our last year our last couple of years a lot of it was just like putting those marks into that excel spreadsheet mm-hmm. yeah you're gonna <laughs> meet the cutoff the statistics is driving yeah. every action uh in yeah. our lives you know just planning like looking at what you need to get like are you getting those things like it's been it's been a lot of work to get here yeah and i think we've also become like we've we've both grown obviously as as, as people and i feel like in the last maybe maybe it was third year and fourth year I feel like we kind of 
put ourselves together in, in a better manner. Because I know first and second year when I knew you, I think we both had were kind of like drifting throughout yeah. this, <laughs> this university experience, right? <laughs> yeah. It's not like really aimed anywhere. It was just like you're here, like you're learning kinesiology, but it was like you didn't really have like a path that you're trying to follow. But I still don't know what kinesiology <laughs> is, and I'm a kinesiologist. So. I mean, yeah, I think it's just like, yeah, it's it's kind of, it was actually like, I kind of know, like it's, it's tough to say because I don't know what a kinesiologist does, mm-hmm. and that's maybe because I didn't really want to explore that as much, but I'm yeah, sure same if we here, did. Same here, same on my side as well, yeah. Right, like if we did, we'd know it in much more detail. Like obviously it has to do with the human body and all yeah. the topics that like underneath it, like we do like, know. Not like to knock foundation. on the field at all because yeah. we're both kinesiologists. So like. Exactly, like one exam away from becoming kinesiologists, but that was in our goal, so maybe that's why we're not exactly we don't know that much, much as much about it well i just found like the growth of like the last couple of years like it, it felt to me like at least for me it was very exponential where like i it was kind of like we were doing we had these daily obligations that we we're kind of following not super mm-hmm. strictly but like we knew what we had to do mm-hmm. and then we just did it and that fear that i had in first and second year the fear of like failing which i did do a lot of in <laughs> on my midterms in first year um like even just like psyching yourself up for these exams or or whatever the case may be or for like a presentation or whatever really getting in your head being super anxious about the outcome mm-hmm. i feel like that definitely held me back for my first and second year and then once third year started and then i became more conscientious mm-hmm. right and i became more aware of, the, of i had to do something to get somewhere mm-hmm. i was like oh this yeah. c's get degrees mindset is not going to get me any <laughs> that only applies to engineering or like cs yeah. or something mm-hmm. so it was just like super fascinating to be in that journey with you because I think we both like kind of picked each other up in that sense and then just kept striving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's all it is, man. You just, just got to keep going. Yeah. And also, did you feel like while you were like in your, you know, towards the end of the, your undergrad career, did you feel like things were com- becoming more and more cohesive or like did you feel like you had to put in more effort as time was going on? Um, definitely. Like I was looking at, I remember when we were on our second co-op. So this was before third year started, right? Mm-hmm. And third year and fourth year is really when like the marks count, right? So I was in my co-op placement and I was like thinking, it's like I was av- uh, calculating my average and I'm like, I'm borderline cut off. It's like, how am I going to get to like a competitive, like super competitive level? It's like, what do I need to do? And then it was, it was kind of overwhelming. It's like, like, what do I do? It's like, if I'm not meeting it now, what do I need to get there? And one of the things you did talk about was that, that Excel sheet that I had, right? <laughs> Dude, that's a famous sheet, man. A lot of people have that file. <laughs> right? Like, it was just like, it's like, I have five courses and I want to get a, a 4.0 in all the classes. Like, now you need to track your, your progress, right? Like, if you just go like, all right, I want to get a good mark, you're not going to get anywhere. You have to be like, all right, to get a good mark, you have to track your progress. And if you do something wrong, you'd be like, all right, I need to do better on the next one. How much better do you need to do? Mm-hmm. So it's all just about tracking and like just hitting your goals. I mean, it's definitely useful and very productive to like track your, uh, your goals and quantify everything, kind of gamify mm-hmm. life in, in a way. Like, for example, if you're, uh, if you're eating clean, you count calories and whatnot, mm-hmm. you count your macros. If you're like, you know, if you have a goal, I don't know if you want to write a book, maybe write a paragraph a day. That way you like, you know, quantify it. But I think mm-hmm. the flip side of that coin is that 
after a while, if you start quantifying everything, it can become neurotic. And then it's like, oh, mm-hmm. this thing, I'm doing this thing. And I'm finding myself in that category now as I'm yeah. applying to these medical schools. I'm finding that mm-hmm. a lot of the times I get in my own head about like these statistics. And then I'm just like going back and I'm like, you know, ca- recalculating stuff where my mark hasn't changed, but obviously for whatever <laughs> reason, you know, <laughs> or like uh, looking at exactly what. Uh, you know, MCAT percentage I want to like aim for or whatever. And mm-hmm. I mean, to each their own, but for myself, I know like it's good to have yourself grounded in reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like if I become too type A like like that, like mm-hmm. it's like, oh, uh, I, I, for me, it does get a little bit more neurotic than it should. Mm-hmm. Well, I, th- I think that's a, that's a really good point. I haven't really thought about that. But to like another argument against that would be that uh, the reason why we feel a bit more neuro- uh, neurotic about it is because we realize that we're not meeting our goals, right? It's really mm-hmm. easy to trick ourselves into thinking that things are all right when you're, you don't really know if things are going the way that you want it to go. So, right, right. so when you track your progress, you know that, all right, I'm heading in the right direction or you go like, oh, I might not be heading in the right direction and you can fix that. So definitely there is a point that you shouldn't get obsessed when you miss a goal or you don't hit mm-hmm. something you should really be focused on, you know, getting back on track. So that's true. But I think tracking your goals and things is like very important to actually making progress in life. For sure. And I think like those, like, you know, two years ago, you didn't know where you're going to be. Right. Mm-hmm. But like at least having an idea or like, a, uh, like a, at least having that, at least aiming up towards something allowed you to like work backwards. Right. So like you, mm-hmm. you kind of vision yourself you know, visualize yourself to be in a, in a position maybe five years from now or 10 years from now. Right. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be exactly what it's going to be because there's things that are out of your control, like just like COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we didn't like put in, put COVID-19 into our GPA calculations. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're just like, okay, so now your grades are going to be like calculated in a different way. It's like, what do you do then? Right, exactly. Right. So you're just aiming for, you know, certain programs, certain schools, you don't, you don't take this into consideration. So just like Mm -hmm. that. And this is just one part of our lives, right? Like this is just like the academic um, career path. But in other aspects as well, there's like factors that are beyond our control, right? Mm -hmm. Like say you're losing weight, then you get hit by a bus. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and then you can't walk you can't walk so exercise is gone right or a little mm-hmm. i don't know maybe you can do some bicep curls <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time like i feel like there's clearly things that are out of our, uh, out of our control and there's things that are in our control but like if you're playing like a game of chess mm-hmm. you want to play the best possible game that you can possibly play given the circumstances that you have mm-hmm. right yeah. and i think we've both been blessed in the set in the sense that you know we, we both got to go to university you know, came from, um, you know, families that really um, valued education. Mm-hmm. And so I think having that background and having like the opportunities that were provided, it was kind of like a perfect storm for us mm-hmm. to explore what we want to educate ourselves in and what we really want to do with our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, like one other thing is that whatever really happens in life, we tend to rationalize it in a way that like makes it feel okay. Like it's called like psychological immune system where it's like whatever, like even something bad that happens in your life, you tend to rationalize it in a way that doesn't make it feel as bad. You think that, Oh, it's okay that it happened. It should have happened that way. It's the best thing that happened. Right. Um, so 
it's it sounds like it's it's un, unintuitive like you think that when you get something you're going to be happy and if you don't get it you're going to be unhappy but most of the time people tend to feel similar like one uh, study that i read about was how uh, lottery winners and um paraplegics are equally happy with their lives like a year later you talked about hey getting hit by a bus and you yeah. <laughs> but there's actual an actual study that says that people that people who do like that does happen to and lottery winners say that they're equally happy so we shouldn't really get discouraged when something bad happens i guess we just got to accept it and and move on yeah that's like that's like ancient wisdom as well right mm-hmm. like uh people talk about you know marcus aurelius i bring him up a lot on this podcast because uh i like stoicism and i like mm-hmm. what he wrote 2000 years ago because it trips me up whenever i read it like these yeah. thoughts are they they're evergreen right like they're mm-hmm. you can apply this to you know it's been 2000 years and you can still apply it to your life mm-hmm. right so he talks about this idea like oh something happens to you good mm-hmm. like that's how things are meant to be you know get what you can from the present moment thoroughly and justfully mm-hmm. you know so given any given situation you can always find like the positives almost almost any given situation you can find the mm-hmm. positives out of that and like you know apply that to your your own life and see where you are given that mm-hmm. circumstance yeah i mean like in any moment there's like like hundreds of things that you can be grateful for like there like i'm sure that there are so many things that you have right now that at one point you wanted but now that you have them you kind of like just forget about it so you can just take a moment and just be grateful for it is that how you feel about getting into your your program um i mean i guess i'm still at the excitement stage mm-hmm. i'm sure like in september when school starts that excitement's going to quickly turn into stress right and worries again and i'm uh, i hope that i can think back to this moment and uh, be like how badly i want it to be there and study this field and hopefully that brings me some joy in the stressful times yeah we really lose sight of how far we've come right like mm-hmm. i i always use this analogy like if you're hiking up a mountain and you get to different checkpoints you know mm-hmm. as you as you're reaching to the top yeah. but if you don't look back and look at how far you've come mm-hmm. it's like you're missing out on the gratitude aspect of it because then you're constantly in this chase and it doesn't end yeah. we both know that yeah <laughs> <laughs> once you reach like a point of like very high high feelings like really ha- like you know a lot of happiness or whatever it's going to mm-hmm. naturally come down to this homeostasis you know yeah and exactly. it's going to main try to maintain that and then you're going to dip again and then it's going to you know like you said this joy is going to mm-hmm. turn to stress very soon right yeah like we tend to overestimate the difference between like possible futures like the difference between having something and not having something and we're just so caught up in like pursuing things that we forget to like just take a moment and just be grateful for what we have right you know like this degree came in my mail right <laughs> and, like it, it went to the wrong address first but then it came to oh. my <laughs> came to my house after it was it was my own own fault but after it came to my house i looked at it for a good 25 seconds Mm-hmm. you know i felt really good about myself i saw that dean's honor list stamp on it i was like nice <laughs> you know good job and then i appreciated it for what it was but at the same time now it just sits in my drawer right like it, yeah. that was 5 years of my life that i and during yeah. that time i felt so much stress i felt so much so many different emotions yeah. as i was going invested so it. much into it right and now looking back it, it's it's completed that chapter of my life is over and i probably won't be thinking about 
the stress I felt at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, to me now, it's just the positive emotions that 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 I felt like, oh, I graduated, it was fine, it was easy. Yeah. But when I was in it, it was like the most difficult thing that I've experienced, you know, to that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like you're, you're probably like, like the stress was only stressful while you were working towards it. And even after now that you have it, it just sits in your closet. It's not like you hug it to sleep every night. <laughs> so, I should. It's so expensive, man. <laughs> It'd be the most yeah. expensive pillow. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. But, it definitely creates a lot of, uh, I mean, just like in any given situation, you're always, you always have expectations, I guess, mm-hmm. that you're trying to fulfill like these ideas, these like visions or these dreams that you have that you're trying to like kind of navigate towards. And then you put yeah. so much, you put it on a pedestal, right? You put so much value on it and mm-hmm. it like kind of consumes you and you're like, yo, this is how things are supposed to be. Yeah. Right. I thought I visualized us walking get like you know on like on stage to get our degrees never happened Mm -hmm. right because of the corona so i mean like we can really fool ourselves sometimes you know when we just get so stuck up on these ideas that we project onto like Mm -hmm. you know yeah like it's like the prefrontal cortex just messing (laughs) things up you know like you imagine things to be a certain way and then when you get there they're they're kind of just what how how things were back uh when you're imagining the future right like people forget that tomorrow's probably going to feel like today exactly like that's where a lot (laughs) of procrastination comes in it's like you know it's like i don't feel like doing it today but i will do it tomorrow i know i will but when you get there it's like you know i kind of don't feel like doing it today either (laughs) right right and you know we both did a lot of that in undergrad (laughs) (laughs) to like uh it kind of really sets uh i guess a bar for everyone like if you really want something it's mm-hmm. like those daily habits that get you there, right? It's not like, you know, when I get here, like when is now, mm-hmm. right? Even when you do it in the future, it's still going to be in the now, in the present when you do it. Yeah. Right? And we forget that fact altogether because in our heads, it's a very, it's a separate entity. Like uh, the future is the future, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you never get to the future. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and if you keep waiting to be happy in the future, it's like, when are you going to be happy? Right. That's like we put these like we have these uh, categories. It's like, oh, when, you know, if you compartmentalize all our different goals and, you know, parts of our lives in in different categories, it's like, oh, when I look at my career, when I earn this much money, that's when I will be happy. Or like you look Mm -hmm. at a relationship, it's like, oh, when I like buy my house or whatever with my wife or when I get Mm -hmm. married, I'll be happy. Like these these are some ideas that you put your happiness in the future. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you have these ideas that you create, which is not rooted in anything other than your previous experiences that you've had. Yeah. You no. Know? And experiences of other people that mm-hmm. are around you. So it's like, what's really accurate in that scenario. Right. Like, and then you're living up to this expectation. And once your expectation doesn't match your reality, you become anxious. Mm-hmm. You're like, Oh, I'm doing something wrong. I didn't go on the path that I had to go on. You know, like it becomes really messy. And then we are judgmental creatures. And you just fall into that fallacy. Yeah, you, you kind of think that the future will be like very similar to the present. Like, let's say like you're in a grocery store and you're hungry, you and you're buying groceries, you, you know, like you're ten, you tend to buy more groceries because you think that you'll always be that hungry and you'll always want to eat everything. <laughs> yeah. But then when you're not hungry, it's just like, like you don't want it anymore. So it's like the same thing with like a lot of other things where it's like in the future, you might be like, all right, when I'm married, I'll be happy. 
But then once you get married, you might have other problems that, you know. You probably will. (laughs) Then you're like, when I get a divorce, I'll be happy. Right. And that's always the next thing because like, like you said, like even with uh, like these, these grad school programs, right? You're like, Mm -hmm. you work so hard to get there. And then once you're there, I bet you like by mid-October, when mm-hmm. you're when the midterms and whatnot are like piling up yeah and like you know you're going to become a professional so you're dealing with real people mm-hmm. in the real world right it's yeah. not like actual like you know uh, it's not like writing you know multiple choice questions down or whatever mm-hmm. it it has it holds more gravity holds more weight and therefore there's going to be way more problems associated with that than mm-hmm. like getting into whatever school that you had to get into which was just like counting your marks on excel you know like <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm 100% sure that it's going to be very tough. And but like when I imagine getting there, I'll be like, all right, I'm going to be so happy when I get there. But now when it actually starts, it's going to be like, oh, man, why did I put myself into this? And you just have to remind yourself that, you know, this is good. That's how like I kind of felt about my undergrad when I coming into Waterloo after high school. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, oh, why didn't I take like an extra year to like, maybe I should have, I don't know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like there's like, what if such scenarios enter your mind all yeah. the time, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I only, if I did this on that day, you know, I wouldn't be like, you know, you're always blaming your past self for your present uh, position yeah. in life, mm-hmm. you know, not really looking around at like how much greatness has come and how much growth there can be. Exactly. You're looking at yourself as if like, oh, what is done is done, you know, mm-hmm. but you're holding on to the past. It's like holding on to like, it doesn't really do you any favors in the long run. Sure. Mm-hmm. You should learn from your mistakes. Do not repeat the mistakes again. That's why we make mistakes, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. like we learn from them and it's like, in a way, everything that has happened, like we were talking about before, it, it kind of had to happen that way. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of, you, you look at where you went wrong and where, and where you had uh, agency. Right. Mm-hmm. And then in the future, hopefully you learn from it and then you don't make it again. But if you're the type of person who's like, Oh, this was determined from the past. Mm-hmm. or whatever like i'm gonna fail again and you get into that negative mindset yeah. right it it definitely doesn't do you any favors at least mm-hmm. it, that's what i think <laughs> so basically like uh it's kind of like the paradox of of choice right like as you get older you have more and more choice in your life and as you get more and more choices you tend to be less happy with what you choose mm-hmm. right like if you think back to high school you could only pick like one or two courses like in like grade nine, grade 10, and then grade 12, you could pick most of your courses. And then you had to pick like a university program. And then, you know, as you become an adult, you have so many more choices. And then you kind of regret the choices that you make just because you could have made another choice. But I feel like you can always make another choice, right? If you look back into the past, right? Yeah. But the thing is, if you did make that choice, you might be sitting there and thinking, what if I didn't right, right. Made the same choice that you have right now. Well, I never think about it like that. Actually, wow. Yeah, like a, right. if it's like parallel universes, then a, like a, another version of me is probably thinking like, oh, what if right. I lived and I'm living up that reality now? Right. Like, what if you did take an extra year and then went into kinesiology anyways because you'd never really studied kinesiology, mm-hmm. and then you're thinking, what if I didn't take a gap year and went into kinesiology right afterwards? I right. wouldn't have wasted a year. Right. Right. And this idea about like, you know, of like wasting years and stuff like that, I've come to realize that, you know, everyone is like when you're younger, it's more of a, 
it's like, oh, these are like these uh, chronological structures that, that have been based on like, you know, society's expectations or parents' expectations. By this age, you're supposed to be graduated. Even the fact that you and I, we both did a five-year program was unorthodox in, in the field, right? Mm-hmm. Because everyone is like getting their undergrad done in, in that four-year period of time. Mm-hmm. But more and more as I've gotten older, I've realized like, yeah, you get somewhere like you're supposed, you know, you're speeding to get there, but then what happens after you get there? Like what happens after you're in school or whatever, after mm-hmm. you become a professional, then you're all, all the same, you know, same game. Yeah. So like this, this like idea of rushing somewhere because you're missing out from the crowd or something like that seems to be kind of a, like it, it, it is obviously kind of made up based on like societal expectations. And, and once you realize that, like, Oh, like we have these certain, like, you know, if you have a destination in mind, you will get there, mm-hmm. you know, like if you really put your mind to it and you, you know, things line up and a little bit, a little bit of luck, you will get there. Right. Yeah. But it's like when you become obsessed with like these timelines, like, Oh, I'm supposed to be here by this point. And not just timelines, just any other societal like comparison. Mm-hmm. Right. It does tend to become an obstacle. So I realize now, like this time is just like, as long as I keep my physiological body healthy and my, and my spirit and like my mind aligned, Mm-hmm. I should be okay. You know, like as long as I know like my cells are, you know, they're replicating and it's yeah. like entropy. So like as time goes on, obviously, you know, I'm disappearing into the universe, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, given modern technologies and like what we know, the knowledge we have about the human body and, and nutrition and whatnot, I think it's very plausible that we can, you know, stay really young for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I, I heard something about that, how, uh, oh wait, never mind. I think you were the one that were t- uh, that was telling me about it, <laughs> right? About like how there's like some research that about on this topic. Right. Yeah. Like I was, I was, I've been looking into a lot of the anti-aging stuff, mm-hmm. uh, anti-aging research by David Sinclair. People should check yeah. him out if they, if you wanna. I mean, I don't want to butcher his words because <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not gonna sound right. Um, mm-hmm. But basically, like if we can slow down the process of it because like we have been elongating life throughout with with the uh, technology right like medicalization mm-hmm. of of the of our societies you know nowadays most people live until like you know i don't know 80s and 90s or whatever mm-hmm. you know and most people die in hospitals because we elongate our lives for as long as we can using modern technology so it is really interesting to be like in in the present moment to look at the science that is available and trying to like find the best possible game that we can play right Mm -hmm. yeah but like i think the thing is that whatever like whenever you think that you want to get to like you say you want to get there it's like whatever there is you're never really gonna be there until like you're you're dead like you know when you get there (laughs) you're there changes to something else like it's just like one long journey it's like it's just like a pit stop there is no end, my friend. <laughs> right. It's just a pit stop. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, we, we don't really need to get obsessed with uh, what? Like, we're all going in the same place, right? Like right, we're all right, die right. at one point. It's like, are you like speeding up to die? <laughs> like, when you're right? like, 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 what's the rush? Right. And I mean, we say that, but like, you know, in our daily lives, we probably stress out about things exactly. or like rush about things because it's easier to say than to like actually go out and practice it right exactly like you just have to remind yourself that like life is just like it's it's like a game right mm. it's challenge after challenge and you just have to like just have to tackle it you either 
you know, evolve with it or adapt with it or, or else you get like, you know, eaten up by it, you know? And mm-hmm. I think like, even if you fall back, it's fine. Like, you know, people make mistakes all the time. People, you know, just like they hold themselves back sometimes. Right. And it happens. It happens to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it, it, and it, life isn't just about, I think like in our cultures, we've become so consumed by the academics and we've been so consumed by like our occupation mm-hmm. that all of life kind of surrounds like, you know, around your career you plan yeah. your life around your career so then like there's other parts of life that people have been living for thousands of years that we just kind of like put in the back seat mm-hmm. right so like yeah. for example like you know some some cultures might value family way more than they value education or mm-hmm. like you know um living your doing the hobbies that you want to do expanding expanding yourself yeah. within like different creative uh you know avenues that you like you like mm-hmm. to be a part of yeah so we shouldn't be super um, concerned with our career paths because we both know that you know given the circumstances and the opportunities that we're you know that we are privileged to have mm-hmm. it's like we live in a country we live in a time where we can pursue these things you know and we can move ahead with it and you know just from our experiences in our undergrad we both know that just putting in the effort of those like you know and like kind of planning out having a rough sketch of, of where you're going mm-hmm. is enough you know yeah. to like get the ball rolling yeah and then you just got to accept where you are and just keep, keep working. And I think well, you said a really good point that, you know, it's not just about like your career mm-hmm. and, you know, your occupation, but like, as I'm like studying occupational therapy, I just want like a lot of people don't know what occupational therapy is. Right. And I'll probably have to explain like what it is a lot. Like you probably know a bit about it cause you've read into it, but like, that's kind of what it's about. Like, it's not just about, so there's three, aspects to occupation it's not just about it's not a career career related field it's about like self-care and leisure and productivity Mm -hmm. so like your career might fit into the productivity aspect but there are so many other things that you do in your life that um that are just as important right like occupations are just things that you do in your life and leisure is a really big part of that as well and uh so I think that's what's really exciting about pursuing occupational therapy because it considers the entire aspect of what it's like to be a person, right? Like it's not. It's more of a holistic approach rather than like a you know yeah. you know traditional like this is what the right things of uh, right way to live life. This is like what's more important, kind of like- exactly. Like it considers the whole person and what's important to them, like their and it considers their like physical aspect, their psychosocial cognitive aspect, like, you know, their environment and, you know, also like a spiritual aspect to it too. It's just like, it's just really, it's like a broad really feel. It's not just, yeah, that's really interesting thing. because I think at least for me personally, I can, I think I've been, I've always been very multifaceted with like my interests and hobbies and whatnot. And I think you are as well because we explore different things, you know, like books and podcasts and, you know, music and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, we, we all, as different people, we have different interests, but it's really interesting because uh, part of me throughout undergrad kind of kept at it, like the music aspect of it or writing or whatever I wanted to do. And it's been super consistent, not super consistent, but it's been over like a, a span of five years. It's been consistent enough where mm-hmm. you can kind of see the spikes and like, you know, where I've improved in these different yeah. uh, respective fields. But I feel like the pressures of getting into like a higher program, like medical school, for example, mm-hmm. kind of put those things in the backseat. And I forgot how to live life with all the different 
things that it offers, right? So I kind of got gotten consumed in the process of applying to medical school. I became this, I've started to become, and I've noticed this with myself recently, mm-hmm. where I'm, I'm thinking more and more neurotically about like the application, what to say, what are the right words to use, you know, like mm-hmm. so many different parts of the process. And I realized like the reason I did so well in my last couple years of school is because like I had everything in balance, like my physical, uh, you know, health, like going to the gym and like working out, eating clean, hanging mm-hmm. out with friends was, was super important because we always shared ideas that, you know, elevated our lives, yeah. you know, and like music and like, there's so many different aspects to it that I was like subscribing to at that time. But now that I find myself so uh, like, I almost have tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like neglecting all these other parts of my life that are, like you said, equally as important. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like we should set goals in, in those aspects as well. Like what are we doing in our leisure? And, you know, like, let's say that you're like, let's say you're playing basketball as your leisure activity and you go like, all right, I want to get better at like my three point shot. Like you should also like put as much energy into that goal as you do in like your career goals. Like, cause that's bringing joy and happiness and it's adding meaning to your life. So why not pursue that as um, ambitiously. I think the issue comes down to like certain illusions that we put on ourselves, right? Like, so like, for example, what I mean by that is you might think at least this has been the case for me where I might think, Oh, I only have a certain amount of hours during the day mm-hmm. and I fool myself into like quote unquote studying for a longer period of time, even though in reality, I maybe like, you know, if I'm sitting at the library for eight hours, mm-hmm. I might have studied for three hours, three out of those eight hours, right? Mm-hmm. And those five hours are just gone to an illusion that I was studying, even yeah. though like no actual information went into my head. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's like important to have really good time management skills and setting, like you said, um, approachable goals along the way. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I need to get better at this. I know you do a lot of music, electronic music, mm-hmm. and I, I enjoyed a lot of your tracks, you know? Your, those are fire productions. <laughs> those FL Studio tracks. Um, and, but it, it, that's like a, a whole other universe that you're exploring. You're kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, dipping your toe in the water, you know, yeah. seeing like how it's going to feel like, and a lot of people don't do that because they are so tied up with their own, like, uh, quote unquote career goals. And, you know, they want to marry that, that idea of themselves, you know, mm-hmm. and they dwell into it without really spreading their arms and like, you know, becoming, having more horizontal growth, if you will, like some expansions in different avenues. Mm-hmm. I think, um, Cause I think one of the reasons why that happens is um, we don't give enough value to um, things like leisure and self care because our like Western society at least is really focused on like work. It's like, you know, if you're working, you're contributing to society, you're, mm-hmm. you're good, you're making money. And it's like, like a long time ago, like leisure was only for like wealthy people cause they had free time. Now right, it's right. like, if, if you have too much leisure time, you're, probably, you're not productive enough. <laughs> exactly. You should probably be spending more time working. Uh, I hate that. So it's like, it's like, a, it's an opposite. Like it's a shift where it's like, instead of leisure being like valued, now productivity is valued. And Do you like think like work. we're fooling ourselves with that? Because a lot of the times, like, you know, like you said, our, our almost, it almost seems like our value in this society is based on our productivity. Like, it's like, if you do this much work, that means like, you know, that's why people on Instagram, all these motivational speakers, they're just like, yeah, I read uh, 30 books a day or whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. Ty Lopez apparently reads, <laughs> reads a book a day. <laughs> you know, these like characters come in and they like, they exploit people's insecurities about not being productive enough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they make them buy these programs, which is kind of ironic. 
you know yeah. and like it, it just seems to me like at this point in in time you know people are almost meant to feel bad about themselves if they do not quote unquote fit the quota of things that they're supposed to do by that period of time yeah and it's like it's not even a quota it's like Oh, you're meeting the quota. You should be surpassing the quota. <laughs> you should be doing more. Gary right? like, Vee, right? How, <laughs> are you making content? <laughs> it's like, how dare you rest? <laughs> you go to your mom's like, are you making content, mom? <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> Learn something new. <laughs> yeah, like you just you just gotta breathe sometimes. Yeah, but that's like frowned upon, right? Like if you yeah. if you're breathing, that means you're not you're wasting, quote unquote. That's what they use the word, right? Waste. Exactly. Right. So, <laughs> But there is no waste because like if you're, you're probably spending that time in another way that might be even more valuable to you, but you can't really physically see that value, right? Like right. when you, when you make money, like, like when you, when you're doing something productive, you're either making money, you're making content, people can see that. But if you're just having like a good time with your friends or like if you're pursuing some other leisure activity, you can't really, you don't really have something to show for that. Right. So that's why it's kind of like, it's kind of like an invisible, like it's hard to measure the value of those activities. For sure, man. And don't get me wrong. Like I love production. I love doing creative things because I think at the end of the day, like when you manifest ideas into tangible things, you like, you take something from a different realm, almost Mm -hmm. like these ideas, these are just like tangents that you had in your head and Mm -hmm. it, it becomes like a physical thing that you can listen to read, you know, whatever the case may be. Like, for example, this podcast, I love that because that kind of feeds into my muses and like it gives me more energy to create and like that feels really good like i get a good rush from that at the same time that expectation of yourself creates uh can be self-limiting you know what i mean like your goals can be like it can limit your happiness because Mm -hmm. you're like oh i didn't produce i didn't uh put out four podcasts this week therefore i am less than what i am right (laughs) So yeah. it's like, it is, it is, a de- it is definitely like a, a double-edged sword in that sense that you can mm-hmm. fall into that trap as well. You're not meeting your expectations and then you're anxious about it. And then just like, if that cycle continues long enough, you'll have more net negative feelings about yourself because you're not hitting those, uh, you know, like, oh, I woke up 20 minutes later than I should have today or whatever. Right. <laughs> it's like, why am I like this? <laughs> because I think that's because like, you're still thinking in that productivity right mindset right like instead if you think more in like a self-growth mindset like is this podcast or this content that i'm creating better than what i was creating like last year or a couple months ago like i've grown clearly i have like done something meaningful within this time it doesn't matter how much you created but you can see that you've grown and i think that is value than you know just like the number of things that you have Right, right. Because that's like, that again becomes that illusion. Like, oh, I studied for eight hours. Like, Did you really study for eight hours? You know, like, yeah. oh, I, I, I dropped these many like podcasts. Like at the end of the day, like when I look at these side projects, if you will, and then I don't even like saying that because then that would mean that I'm only putting part, you know, part of my energy into this project rather mm-hmm. than, you know, pulling my, pulling my full weight and intention into it. Yeah. But like I started writing the blog that I write five years ago and I, and I could see now even though it hasn't been super consistent like you know I produced like I don't know five articles a, uh, a year or something like that mm-hmm. but at the end of the day that the quality of writing writing from my first uh, article to like my most recent one it's like a mountain in between those two different you know two mm-hmm. different uh, pieces and that just yeah. shows like you know my own personal growth that I've manifested onto the paper and I've mm-hmm. only gotten better at it by doing it more and more right yeah 
So it is true that, you know, without, it almost feels like this idea of having structural, um, like productivity, like, oh, this is the schedule that I follow or whatever, mm-hmm. like almost feels like that is to kind of uh, comfort you, right? You're in school. That's a very comfortable place to be compared to the real world where you have to face mm-hmm. different uh, obstacles, right? So t- for me, the next year I've decided to take it off because I had a change of heart last minute based on my, you know, career paths and whatnot. So I was thinking about this and I was like, damn, like I'm really gonna, really not going to be in school this year. You know, like (laughs) I've I've been in school since I was four and like, you know, this is the first year that I don't have any structure Mm -hmm. and it was like, it it has been really uh, uncertain and I have been on like, you know, I've been stressing out about it for, for a while now. But you, you learn to realize, like, like no, like, you decided to do this. So mm-hmm. make the most out of it. You know, enjoy it. This is your time off, like, you know. <laughs> like, it's, it's the same. Like, it's from, like, the productivity mindset. It's like, I, m- maybe if I'm not in school, I'm not being productive. And also, like, same thing what you're saying about, uh, like, the goals you set in your leisure. Where it's, like, that productivity mindset, like, kind of, like, creeps in. Where it's, like, the m- main part of leisure is that you can choose to stop doing it whenever you want and it shouldn't affect, affect you, right? Mm-hmm. Like if it does affect you, if you can't stop doing it, if you have to keep going, even if you don't want to, it's not leisure anymore, it's work. Right, and I think that takes away from the presence of the, of the actual activity as well, right? Like if yeah. you're playing music, and I don't know if this is the case for you as well, Mm-hmm. Um, or like when you're when you're engaged in an activity that you really enjoy you mm-hmm. lose that feeling of time because mm-hmm. that time becomes irrelevant because you're in yeah. it right so yeah. these scores these like you know if you're playing chess and like you're like oh I, my score went up by 500 points today right mm-hmm. going back to the quanti- quantifying thing yeah like if you have a long-term goal of reaching a certain score like i really want to hit 1600 this year i don't know mm-hmm. if it's going to happen but like you want to increase by a certain amount of, you know, uh, points by, you know, and that's like, that's like a long-term pistol mm-hmm. goal that you have. Right. Yeah. But while you're doing it, if you if you stay present, just as a byproduct of being present in it, you are going to improve. Right. Yeah. The quantification part of it just categorizes it based on whatever system that we built up. Right. Imagine mm-hmm. if these numbers didn't exist, you still make progress. Yeah. If you, if you were doing it every single day. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think just saying that, you're having a good time doing it. Like, you know, when you're in like that flow aspect and, you know, it really, it it adds to your life and maybe that's just good enough than thinking that, you know, even if you're not reaching that goal that you have, just working towards that goal is meaningful enough. Right. Right. And that's why maybe like even these goals, like you're saying, these are just pit stops along the way, right? Like you, Mm -hmm. you, you have a career, you're like, you know, maybe expand your career. Maybe you become like, one of the top leaders within your you know, field of interest. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like you want to pursue something that is very meaningful toward, uh, you know, on your own, own um, something that, would re- that, that you would really value, right? Mm-hmm. Something that you can kind of pursue your entire life towards, so, you know, throw yourself mm-hmm. at it and it will never end because, you know, so mm-hmm. these things are never ending, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like you're a leader. Now you want to be the best leader. Oh, you're the right. best leader. You want to be even better than that. Better than that, yeah. So and th- and then you know, like we, and I think a lot of people need to know this as well because we have normalized this idea of like this pursuit of success or whatever the case may be. You know, you see you see these celebrities and you see like, oh, this guy, 
you know, like the Will Smith story in The Pursuit of Happiness, for example, right? This idea of like this person having autonomy and becoming something great, right? And it happens a lot. We see this in our own lives. We see this, you know, around us. But I think what people don't see also is like a lot of people don't reach that elite level, even though, you know, they're pursuing it over and over again. And then mm-hmm. they, maybe they're playing a game that is not the best game for them, right? Mm-hmm. So like, for example, if I'm in the NBA, mm-hmm. right? If I, or if I want to play in the NBA, yeah, I'm five four, man. <laughs> I really don't think <laughs> it would have to be a miracle for me. And I'm really bad at basketball. That's the main thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even about that. It's not even about my height. But like, it's kind of like we we end up seeing only the good parts of it. Like people mm-hmm. people want like the six minute abs. You know, like they see like these these models with like you know they want that instant gratification. They want that Instagram yeah. life. Mm-hmm. Um, but no one wants to put in the work. You know. Yeah. Like you look at these like uh, swamis or whatever in India that have spent mm. 30 years breathing, right? <laughs> like you would think something as primal as breathing, right? <laughs> yeah. And they spent no. 30 years perfecting their breath or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think that that's like a really good point. Cause I think one thing you said about like the pursuit of happiness, I think what happens at the end of that, that movie or like the story, like the person's story, he becomes like very wealthy, right? Yeah. He comes from nothing but, to like a really wealthy position on Wall Street, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think the point is like the pursuit of happiness aspect of it. I think if he made it out of poverty, I think that's good enough. Right. Right. Like, well, that's great, man. Like just yeah. coming out of nothing to something is so difficult. So if you went from poverty to an average person, he should be grateful for that. That should have been the, like, if that was a movie, that's right, like, right. that could have been pursuit of happiness. Like being average. Right. Good enough. Sometimes. Right. So but, being, being average is, is almost villainified. Is that a word? Yeah villainified okay <laughs> i think so <laughs> it's made into <laughs> it's made into something that's like like it's like you shouldn't aim for that you shouldn't aim for mm-hmm. like you know if you if you have a life that's that's av- average quote-unquote average and average depends on where you live obviously mm-hmm. right and yeah. like i would say a north american average life isn't it's something that that everyone should be grateful for i'm so grateful for the life that i have here you know like that's i can't it. imagine being somewhere else in the world because that mm-hmm. kind of you know, like we, we, we always find like a lot of confirmational bias and I do this, everyone does it, you know, and we should try to be better at it, but it's like, we live in these echo chambers and then we only amplify things that we feel like, uh, things that we don't, uh, you know, agree with or whatever the case may be. Right. Mm -hmm. And throughout all this struggle, like if you go on social media, it's always like, uh, people reposting things that are bad about society, things that are like, you know, going horrible. And then at mm-hmm. times I feel like it gets overwhelming. At least it has been the case for me. Like I can't go on Instagram stories anymore. <laughs> I feel bad. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. So, I think, I think we just need to like take a moment to be, to be grateful. I think, um, I think this is a pretty popular study, but uh, it was about like the level of happiness and like the amount of money you make. Right, and right, I think I know once, once the person passes like the poverty level, like it plateaus. Right. I but think after $70,000, I think there's like no increase or uh, like, or something like that in your ha- in your happiness. So yeah. that's kind of like, but you don't think that when you, you, when you're earning 70,000, you think that when I'm making 150,000, I'll be so much more happier, but that's not really, that's, that's not really true. So why waste so much energy pursuing a goal that's not going to make you much happier? Well, might as well actually make you more miserable while pursuing the goal. You just need to stop and just, absorb that's why you have to be super grateful for living in a country like canada and i know you know every country has their problems you know Mm -hmm. like there's there's definitely 
systemic racism and you know all these other um you know avenues of 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 like things that are not right right and that can could be better let's put it that way right But also at the same time, like I'm so grateful for the public education system that, you know, provided me with an education where my parents couldn't afford it. Right. For example, Mm -hmm. like they have four kids. If they were to be in a country where you have to pay top money, like where they're, where they're from, like in Bangladesh, you have to pay pay top money to have like a good education. Mm -hmm. Right. Then it would have left them broke. And you know, for what, right? Like, so at the end of the day, like, you know, I know it was a sacrifice for them to, to immigrate to this country. Mm-hmm. But like it was like an investment into the future for like their children. And that's a sacrifice yeah. that they decided to take, right? And mm-hmm. I'm extremely grateful for that. And that's why like I moving forward, I really want to talk about like how um like I really want to see the world with like a lens of gratitude. Cause like someone will probably kill to be in my position right now, even though I'm dreaming to be in someone else's shoes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like it's just like an endless cycle. So why not just just stop dreaming and just just accept life as it is. Yeah, man. I've been uh, meditating more this mm-hmm. uh, during this quarantine, just because, like, like you said, like you know, I was like when we when we were in school, we were like so caught up in the the GPA cycles or whatever. You like you know, I was like, yeah, I'll meditate later. Like, <laughs> I'll meditate when mm-hmm. I'm dead. You know, like. <laughs> so, but but the amount of uh, positive benefits that I've had from just like ten minutes, fifteen minutes a day is like incredible. I'm looking at everything with like fresh eyes. And mm-hmm. it really brings humility into my life and brings a lot of perspective into like how many things are, have gone right, mm-hmm. you know, for me to be here. Like I'm so caught up on these statistics, like statistically speaking, I shouldn't even be here, <laughs> you know, yeah. talking to you over the internet. Like this is all crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, but that's the other thing. It's like, once you get exposure to a luxury, you can't really imagine your life without it. Right. Like, can you imagine your life without a computer? But no, (laughs) but if you never had seen a computer, you wouldn't need it. You'd be just as happy without a computer if you didn't know what a computer was. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, a lot of people, you know, maybe there's like remote parts of, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how far, like there's definitely remote tribes around the world that Mm -hmm. have different access to technologies than we do. Right. And to them, like the new Nintendo switch doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Maybe they're even more happier than us without that, you know, like consumer, mindset we're just like you know buy 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 and my life will be better after i buy something i think that consumption model applies to like our mental uh states as well right like Mm -hmm. like you're saying like why do you want to reach this higher level right is it like Mm -hmm. self-actualization or is it to like get towards like this you know there's one thing to understand where your potential is and then understand what you can add to the world Mm -hmm. it's another thing to pursue things and uh status right like to be mm-hmm. like, oh, I want to be in this tax bracket, and this is why <laughs> I'm spending this much time yeah. that I have the limited time that I have in this life to like pursue this level, yeah, right, and that that then will bring me happiness, and this is why I'm doing it. So mm-hmm. it, it is like if you write it out or if you say it out loud, mm-hmm. it does become kind of ridiculous, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's like an empty goal. It's like you think it's gonna get you somewhere, but it's not gonna get you anywhere, and you kind of know that because like everyone says that this, right? Mm. Like reaching that goal or reaching, like having more money, money can't buy happiness. Like everyone says that, but everybody wants money. Of course. Right? Yeah. You can't stop wanting money. I mean, like I'm not anti-money. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? Right. Like it, it's, it's really tough to like know that idea and really like bring it and like make it a part of your life and actually live your life in a way that like absorbs that concept. 
Right, right. I think it also goes back to the like knowing yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And knowing what kind of life will bring you happiness. Because mm-hmm. one other thing I've realized as time has gone by and like we've got this quarantine and I finished with my school, uh, you know, I like graduated. I was like looking at, you know, there's so many different ways to live life. Mm-hmm. There isn't just like one set out way, but we, like by we, I mean like people that are in this society and the people that I interact with, you know, my, mm-hmm. the people that I interact with, they, there's this idea of like, oh yeah, you get, you go to university or you like, you know, get a job, mm-hmm. you know, and then you earn a certain amount of money, you buy a house, you settle down, you have, you, you know, you have kids, you have a wife, whatever, the American mm-hmm. dream, if you will, that suburban lifestyle. Yeah. But to me, it seems like it's kind of unfair to only expose yourself to this type of life and mm-hmm. then judge every other style of life as the wrong or the other. Mm-hmm. Right. Because who are we to say what, you know, 6 billion other people are doing is mm-hmm. like the wrong way of life. Yeah. You know, and it's like, what if they're actually, well, if maybe if you were in their shoes, you'd be living the exact same life. So, right. Or you would want the exact same thing. So it's like, like we shouldn't really get caught up in like what we want, like all the time. Like maybe there are other ways to live that are just as meaningful. Yeah, so I've been trying and I've been battling with this a lot. I don't know, you can you can let me know what you think about this idea, but mm-hmm. like I've been thinking a lot about, you know, what do I really want to do with my time here? Mm-hmm. You know, like wh- how can I help society out? Like if that is my my big goal that I have in mm-hmm. mind, right? Like you could talk about these like proximal goals, you could talk about these um, you know, stepping stones if you will, but like mm-hmm. what can you give your life to? for example, right? And maybe that, I, that whole idea is, is very uh, cultural. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe some people are like, oh, I'm just living, I'm just reading books or whatever, right? Like, yeah. I'm just having a good time. But for me, like, it's been difficult to, like, find, like, I have, I have certain ideas about what I want to do with my life. Like, for example, I, I feel like I want to leave, I want to, like, have ideas that I can make into real things and then leave that. I want to educate more people, for example, right? That's, like, a mm-hmm. broad idea. Mm-hmm. In what topic I do not know, but I'm like I just want to leave that behind, right? Yeah. I want to write something. I want to create something. I want to create. I want to add more music to the world than existed before. You know, I got here. Mm-hmm. So like these are just like certain like you know broader goals that I have. But in the midst of all of it, like when you're here now, it like it can get super overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, okay, so then what am I actually doing? And I find myself constantly like running in circles. Mm-hmm. like what what is it that i actually want to do with my time and it's a very very difficult question to ask yourself mm-hmm. i think i think again it's just coming like i mean like it's it's tough to get out of this mindset but it's like the productivity mindset again right, right. like what am i leaving behind have i has my life been productive oh, right? right that's also true <laughs> exactly right yeah. like so i mean like it's a noble goal like having an impact on the world right, Ma- right. making a positive impact on the world and i think you should have those goals but you shouldn't tie your happiness to those ideals, right? Like, let's, you should try to do good, but if you don't make an impact, it's, it's okay. Because, like, for thousands and thousands of years, we were just living in the forest, you know, wandering, like, eating, eating berries, you know, right, hunting, right, yeah. right? Like, we didn't really care about All the primordial things that we had to do, right? Right? Like, yeah. the, like, and we have that now, so why are we so obsessed with having much more i think like social media kind of feeds into that in the sense Mm -hmm. that there's like you always compare yourself even though even if you don't want to Mm -hmm. at least for me like subconsciously you open up facebook and you see someone like updated their 
like whatever mm-hmm. what what's it called the status of their yeah. education job whatever like someone <laughs> working here yeah. and then it's a bunch of likes on it and mm-hmm. it's like oh congratulations or everyone's going yeah, off yeah. right and like it feels good it feels good mm-hmm. to like do that and then you get the social validation that's added to it but also yeah. you have to keep in mind that at least it's been the case for me like when we compare ourselves to someone else and like which we shouldn't because it doesn't make any sense at all assuming mm-hmm. everyone comes from a different life uh circumstance you know mm-hmm. so like to even do that seems to be a counterproductive thing yeah. but when you do it you always punch up right like you're looking at mm-hmm. people whose lives are just like better quote unquote better than yours on that mm-hmm. instagram on that facebook or whatsapp or whatever yeah right and you never look at the other 90% of people that are just living mm-hmm. life in a completely different manner that might mm-hmm. look up to you mm-hmm. as if this is the dream that they want to live yeah great no that's a, that's a really good point cuz you keep comparing yourself to people that are better than you and you feel bad but those people are comparing themselves to somebody else and feeling bad as bad well as so well, what yeah. so what's the point of feeling bad so who's feeling good man that's, that's, <laughs> that's what i want to know man seems like that, everyone's miserable no i think i think it comes back to the point about meditation like i also wanted to like start that for a few years now and i think before the quarantine i had a whopping streak of one day of meditation oh man nice <laughs> right i think i got one day and then i stopped for a few months one day and like i couldn't get beyond that so now i'm probably i'm two weeks almost two weeks in and i started that because i heard about how you started with uh, sam harris's dude i've been plugging sam harris to everyone <laughs> yeah like the waking up like i wanted to start that but i was just like i'll do it later right but like do it now <laughs> Right. Yeah, what's that Beatles song? It's like tomorrow never comes or yeah. something like that. Like so that's the thing too. Like Sam Harris talks a lot about he's a big proponent of like the spiritual uh you know, it, it's like the spiritual practice is kind of like going to the gym. Mm-hmm. Because in the gym you're like you're like uh becoming health, you know, you're stressing your your muscles, you're getting better aligned with your body and mm-hmm. your body becomes stronger. So in the same way when you practice uh mindfulness in your daily life over and over again, you yeah. find out that a lot of these problems that you that you perceive that, that that you perceive are actually what they are like they perceive to be problems right they're like in your head and our reality becomes a perception now if it's like completely convoluted all the time like if your mind is very busy all the time mm-hmm. you will only see things through that lens rather than letting everything you know accepting things for what they are yeah. so there's this idea that he really and you probably have gone past this point but he talks a lot about like yesterday never existing mm-hmm. right think- I haven't really gone to that part. So like imagine yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, or like 10 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. It's like time that has passed and time yeah. is moving unidirectionally, right? Like it's like it's just moving in one direction, mm-hmm. right? So when you recall yesterday, it's often through like a uh, a biased self, right? Because mm-hmm. you only recall the good feelings. You're you're stuck in nostalgia, you're stuck in like this idea mm-hmm. of like like this very fundamental fundamentalist type idea of like you remember when things were like this or remember when like we did this or whatever mm-hmm. and it's like it's like good to recall the past in a way that way you can be grateful for where you are but then when where you, you were where you were or like how you got there right mm-hmm. yeah but if you get stuck on yesterday mm-hmm. and yesterday doesn't exist right now yeah then you are living in a delusion right you're not living in you're not grounded in reality exactly like i think uh like that's like a big problem with memory like it's it's super inaccurate right mm-hmm. so even like 
besides positive things, like there's a lot of times that you remember negative things and you're like embarrassed by it, mm. but you're amplifying that far beyond what it actually was. And the other part is that nobody really cares about that except right, you. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. And, so it's like, what's the purpose of that? And why not focus on the present instead of focusing on the, the past or the future? Right. Because even the future itself, it's like, again, not grounded in reality because you're not there. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so then when you're constantly living either in, in the future or the past, mm-hmm. right, you end up creating things in your head that are not accurate at all. Mm-hmm. Right. And that influences your present moment. Right. Yeah. And if you're the type of person like me who becomes, uh, you know, super anxious mm-hmm. with everything that's going on, like if, and if you don't take that step back to like tame your mind, mm-hmm. right. Into like seeing things for what they are, like look mm-hmm. around you, there's so much going on yeah. and when you're not living up in your noggin all the time, mm-hmm. you know? And like, I feel like we cheat ourselves of, of like this beautiful life that we have mm-hmm. because we're constantly either tomorrow or yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right. But hey, today, like, you know, it's like that Alan Watts quote that I keep, you know, regurgitating to everyone. <laughs> it's like, What's that? like, you know, the dreams quote where he talks about like, you know, if you could dream any dream oh, yeah. you want to dream, you dream for 70 odd years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, I, I want this to be more and more random, you know, and then yeah. it gets further and further random. And, and then he says, and finally, you would dream where you are now, mm-hmm. you know, and that 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 is like it was like goosebumps the first time I heard it. I was like, what yeah. is he talking about? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've watched that. I've definitely watched that video. But um it's kind of like you it's it's kind of like thinking of life as like a game, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to be upset about the challenges in your life. Uh you can just think that it's a like you'd be upset if a game was too easy, right? So mm-hmm. why do you expect life life to be so easy? Right? Right. You have challenges. And like a game itself isn't like a linear thing. Like you just don't you know, you just you don't start the game and it ends, right? Like mm-hmm. you you win and that's it, right? No. There's like bosses along the way. There's like things mm-hmm. that you have to do. There's like quests yeah. that you have to have. So that's yeah. actually a really great analogy. I think for a part of my life, I started looking at, excuse me, I started looking at Skyrim, you mm-hmm. know, or any other RPG game. And I bring up Skyrim because I spent like, I lost a summer to Skyrim mm-hmm. because I remember I was in grade 11 and I just didn't have, you know, when you have Skyrim, you don't really need friends. just live in that world because there's so much to do right but even that like these skill trees for example that they made in this game or like these quests side quests you know Mm -hmm. like these people that you meet along the way it really like simulates real life Mm -hmm. but we don't see that we don't see like oh there's like these challenges that are gonna come and like people have known this for thousands of years like you know joseph campbell did his work on uh mythology and Mm -hmm. he found out that like the hero's journey which is a uh, term that he coined like, mm-hmm. you know, the hero's journey exists across cultures in different literature, right? So mm-hmm. what is the hero's journey? So like, from my understanding of it, and I, you know, people should check out Joseph Campbell's work, so I don't butcher mm-hmm. it too much. <laughs> but like, you know, it's this idea that you know, this, this, you know, young person embarks on this journey. Like if you, if you look at Lord of the Rings, for example, or you look at, you look at Hercules, mm-hmm. right? Like there's like this journey towards a greater goal, a greater self, a greater adventure that they have mm-hmm. to embark on. And it is super scary because, you know, a lot of these times you go into the forest mm-hmm. or you go, or like, like King Arthur, for example, right? You go into the forest or like you go into like um, a very scary place, mm-hmm. a quest. And yeah. along the way, you meet people that help you. Along the way, you meet people that want to hurt you, mm-hmm. which is very, like it kind of resembles real life, right? Yeah. And you gain skills. And by the end of the journey, 
you get the gold or whatever. Like there's a you know a dragon, like like Smog for example in Lord of the Rings or in The Hobbit, right? Yeah. That's guarding the gold. But at the end of the journey, you realize like you are not the same person that started that journey, mm-hmm. right? You've gained so much along the way towards the end mm-hmm. of it. So the end it yeah. doesn't even matter that much mm-hmm. because you've already acquired all the skills that you wanted to acquire from that. Mm-hmm journey itself right so the journey right. becomes the destination rather than the destination becoming the the end goal exactly and you're also kind of in the same spot right it's like a circle right mm-hmm. you end up in the same spot but you are a, a different person exactly you are you are a different person and it's really interesting to like take that concept and then apply it to the people that are around you right mm-hmm. so for example if i look at you i met you in first year i was 17 i was an idiot you know, like it goes without saying, I did a lot of things that I, I mean, I don't regret any of it because it, it is where I am today it, it, because of, I mean, I am where I'm today because of that, right? Like it wouldn't mm-hmm. have gone any other way. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, if I look at myself, if I look at you, if I look at my friends, everyone has achieved different, there's so much growth in everyone in different mm-hmm. ways. Yeah. Whether it be the way you think, the, whether you, the way you look, the way you interact with people, social skills, academic skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, publications, whatever, whatever the case may be, we have all gone through a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And we're not the same people that existed five years ago, yeah. you know, that started university together. It's completely different paths. And you have mm-hmm. to be very happy for other people, you know, yeah. that, that pursue that. Mm-hmm. And I think that type of realization, like how much someone has grown is much more meaningful than, you know, like how many degrees somebody has or how many what kind of job somebody has like mm-hmm. growth is really where you see how much, um, how much life a person has lived. Right. Right. And so maybe that's something that we should be, be pursuing like that growth and you know, that hero's journey where it's like, how much have I improved from the challenges rather than how many challenges I've challenges I've, I've conquered. Exactly. Yes. And then every single challenge that comes along, like you learn so much from it, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like, nothing goes to waste, right? Like there's so much relentless energy that we have now towards our goals. And then Mm -hmm. sometimes you feel like, like I got in my head a couple of times with this uh, gap year and I was like, oh man, am I wasting my, you know, am I just living in my mom's basement and just wasting (laughs) money? You know, am I becoming the stereotype that I didn't want to become? Mm -hmm. But it's like, no, like this is found time. This is like time to, you know, really Mm -hmm. express myself and, dive into what who i really want to become you know it's time to ask myself like difficult yeah. questions mm-hmm. you, you can continue growing even though you might not have something to show for it like you can't prove that you've achieved something but personally you might have grown in a way that only you right, can right. see like and then you know james clear the dude that wrote uh, atomic habits he has this idea mm-hmm. like you know there's like a threshold for these things. It's kind of like the action potential, right? Like mm-hmm. what, like an ice cube would only melt at like hundred degrees Celsius. I'm sorry, zero degrees <laughs> Celsius, you know, yeah. I'm definitely not. Well, it, it would start melting, I guess at one degrees. Right. But like, it like, doesn't matter how many degrees you put on before that, you know, it mm-hmm. will, it will not melt. Right. So it takes a certain mm-hmm. amount of time to like, it's like hacking away at something and it, you will see no difference mm-hmm. until you hit that threshold where things just start like, you know, running off by itself Mm -hmm. so like you know hercules spent those like 10 to 12 years or whatever in labor like in these stories right and Mm -hmm. you know he people are like okay like what is he up to like what is he doing doesn't really Mm -hmm. gain anything Mm -hmm. throughout that time except for these challenges that keep like piling up over and over and over again until until it doesn't anymore yeah right 
So a lot of life is kind of like that, like at a very micro level, if you bring it down to like the daily obligations, like you keep hacking away at something, mm-hmm. it will happen. Like there's no mm-hmm. way it will not happen. It will just happen as a byproduct of you just doing that habit rather than you um, putting that goal into on, onto a pedestal and then becoming like, you know, mm-hmm. like consuming your entire life around that. Yeah. Like it's about enjoying the the work that goes into the achievement or the challenge rather than just the achievement or the challenge, right? Like again, appreciating the present moment, right? Like you are supposed to be here facing challenges. Um, it doesn't matter what those challenges are or um, what you're going to achieve out of it. The more, more you get more happiness from the, the fact that you're doing something. Do you find that after um, like you've been met, you said you've been using that app for like a couple of weeks now, right? Mm-hmm. Do you find that now you're better at catching yourself thinking in negative thoughts or like, do you find like you're better at catching yourself when you're not being present and you're being consumed by like either emotions or thoughts or like, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think I'm too early in the, the journey to see something drastic, but I have seen like glimpses of like, you know, what I'm working towards. Um, right. Like, a lot of like this meditation, like cause for a lot of listeners who don't really have like experience in it, like it's, it's, it's very hard. It's not it's an easy difficult. thing. Yeah. It's not an easy thing to do. Like one analogy that I found very meaningful was like the analogy of like a mirror, mm-hmm. right? Like when you look at a mirror, you're often distracted by the images reflected off the mirror, right? So right. when you look, when you look within, you're often distracted by your thoughts and your emotions, but you don't really have to be right. Mm. There's like a deeper like con- consciousness. Like it sounds very like spooky and like magical, but like, as you know, like I'm a pretty rational person. <laughs> and I mean, that's questionable. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like yeah. I, I still think that there's something like worthwhile in there, you know, like having control over your thoughts and your emotions, like you can, and you know, the impact that will have in your life is like, like you can't overemphasize like the impact that would have. Cause your whole experience of life are your thoughts and your experience. Right. And like everything exists within consciousness, Mm -hmm. right? Like you, the way you perceive the world is all within consciousness, right? Yeah. So these emotions, thoughts, feelings, whatever the case may be, Mm -hmm. your, your physical perceptions, like, you know, you touch, you know, sound, whatever Mm -hmm. is coming in, it's going through that process, right? Like it's like within that thing, it's not separate from it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that as a realization was a difficult thing for me to understand because I think another issue with like these ideas is just like, we don't have the tools to understand them. Right. Mm-hmm. So words are very important. Words are used to express things, but yeah. a lot of the jargon in these communities, it's like, if you have people like Deepak Chopra saying <laughs> things like quantum, every other word or whatever, right? Like you convolute that, the, you know, the validity of the actual thing. Right. And people yeah. get confused and they're like, Oh, this is like voodoo magic. Mm-hmm. Well, we like this guy, someone's trying to sell something. <laughs> or whatever the case yeah. may be but like um just to continue on that mirror analogy just to see just to explain how difficult it is for someone who hasn't like meditated like try looking at a mirror and not seeing the reflections that are reflected off of it like that's impossible right, right, right like you right. don't ever see the mirror you always see the room that the mirror is in right right so you're sitting there looking at something that is next to impossible to see and it takes a really long time to actually get to uh, like enlightenment or something, but that is a goal that is not like something 
spooky or something that's something how Deepak Chopra might and, explain it. And it's like it's like meditation is something that you can hack away at for your entire life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there isn't like oh first I have to get here, then I have to get here. Like first I went to fifteen minutes, then I went to twenty five minutes, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like even then, like I I was looking here. Here's a thought, right? Like when when I had Headspace, which I don't use anymore because uh, I I would recommend Sam Harris's app over it. You know, even mm-hmm. I don't have any monetary and, and, ties with it but like and one other thing is that sam harris isn't selling anything like if you right. can't afford it like don't pay for it's it it's free i didn't pay for it i yes. i i sent him right. an email saying i'm poor right like, <laughs> like you're a student like you if he says that if you have to think about how you're going to get like the money for it like just get it for free like what i did was i just requested a free account wrote my name wrote my email i got a free account right exactly that's it otherwise and- you have to pay a hundred dollars and it's like, I, I understand the value in it. And when I do have the money, this is like something I'll, I'll invest my money in hundred percent, right? Like exactly I'm not going like, to forget <laughs> Sam Harris. <laughs> right. Like what he's offering is something that you'd want to pay for. But if you can't, or if you don't want to, you don't have to. And if you say that you didn't get anything out of it, you can get your money back. Right. Like he's not, he doesn't want your money. He wants to help you. Exactly. And that's what I really liked about Sam Harris versus like, I, I paid for Headspace for like a year. It was like around a hundred some, or maybe it was like around $83 or something like that. Oh, I got it mm-hmm. on sale. And yeah, it was good. It had a lot of different programs, but I felt like it was more of actual surface level techniques mm-hmm. to calm yourself down. Where I find that with waking up, it's more of the philosophies behind what you're doing and why you're doing that. Right. And mm-hmm. that is so much more powerful than just like sit down and imagine a bright light in the middle of your, you know, like these, <laughs> these techniques that they have. And another thing that I didn't like about Headspace is that, yeah, it's, a, it's like, you know, it has different timers and it's really good for like a short, you know, if, you, if you're the type of person who can't meditate more than a minute, for example, mm-hmm. they have like one minute meditation or whatever the case may be. Um, but you could also see like your friends, uh, uh, you know, streaks from like meditation, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's kind of counterintuitive. Like, why is yeah. this, how has that, this become like a competition? You know, like <laughs> me making meditation into a competition yeah. defeats the entire purpose of this, yeah. you know? I think, I think they're more focused on increasing like their, the use of their app. Like it's a very like, like, you know, productive productivity right. level. Like how many people are using it? How much money are we making? And I right, think that's right. what it's based on. When you see your friends using it, you want to use it more. And then it's, it's, it's so judgmental too, because then your yeah. friends can like nudge you to, to meditate, <laughs> you know, or whatever, like the thing is. So. No. Like, I think for meditation, uh, it has to come from within. Like you can't tell someone to meditate if they don't want to, like the most benefit you can get out of it is when you yourself choose to do it. And the way like I've been, like, I mean, I've been using Sam Harris's app and if I'm being honest, I haven't used it in the last couple of days, mm-hmm. but like, and maybe I should use it later today. But um, one thing that has lasted beyond the app is like, I don't need the app to, to like really be good, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. I'm, I'm like walking home and then I'm like, oh, like I'm just going to note my breath for a second. Like there's certain techniques that he talks about or like I'm going to just like take all of the, you know, just like sounds and stuff like that. I'm going to take mm-hmm. my thoughts in like sounds. Like it's going to come and go. I'm not going to hold on to anything. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like it's just like, you just become very sharp. Right. With, like, like, you know. You might not, you might not be using the app, but you're still performing meditation, right? Regularly. So that's why, like, I think once you have a clear mind, you're able to do everything more effectively, Mm -hmm. at least like with a non-judgmental screen. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, you know, if every part, you know, people, there's like studies on this, like people say negative things about themselves all the time. Yeah. You know, like we are so... Uh, judgmental of our own selves you know you mm-hmm. become your own worst critic and you're like you're like looking at a certain zit that you popped up and no one else is noticing <laughs> but you're like oh my god <laughs> you know like this is like yeah. 
I'm ugly now. This is like, you know, or you mess up on something and then you're like super harsh on yourself. But mm-hmm. I think one thing we don't understand is like, once you take that away, like you can see things more clearly and it becomes, instead of, instead of like a negative thing, everything comes in as it is, mm-hmm. right? So then experiences, like the negative experiences, the positive experiences, love, life, whatever, all of it comes in through the same channel rather than mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm only going to look at it like this or I'm only going to look at this part of the love life. Yeah. There's a real power in accepting now. Like mm-hmm. there's real power in accepting like, oh, wait a second. Like I'm out here living in La La Land all the time, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then look at my life. Like exactly. look at what I'm doing right now. Like why am I not? present in the moment exactly it comes back to all the things you've talked about like we're so obsessed about being happy in the future like with this practice you can be happy now but people don't like it it, 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 it's hard right you can't do it by yourself you need some guidance Mm -hmm. right and that's something that we should be seeking instead of just being caught in that loop of achievement and not really feeling anything afterwards i feel like for the longest time i was kind of acting um, what do I mean by that? I, I think there's these like quote unquote woke ideas, right? Mm-hmm. Like ideas of like uh, spirituality and, and unfortunately some people have made it into like a business and a lot of people have made it into a business. There's like these retreats yeah. in India or whatever, like you just go Most there. people. Most, Most people, people have. have right? <laughs> yeah. So then you get caught up in, in the lingo and whatnot and you think you know what you're talking about because that's what people say all the time, mm-hmm. Right. But then I think like my first awakening, if you will, was like when I read that book, Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, Eckhart Tolle, Eckhart Tolle. Um, I recommend that book to everyone because he talks about these concepts. But when I read it, I didn't understand what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. I had, a, I had a certain understanding of just like, you know, whatever words can get you. But yeah. unless you've experienced it, then how do you know what it is? Exactly. Right. So I think for now, at least, like, I'm so grateful that I got this app for free and I will donate in the future if I can. Exactly. Like, you know? if you've seen it, it's helped you. You want to support Sam Harris, right? Yeah. Like, I would definitely support him in the future just because mm-hmm. I feel like there's so much value in a person trying to help you out like that because we're all mm-hmm. so, like, tangled up in ourselves that once you, like, like, it's like chipping away at it. Like, you know, we're all, to a certain extent, quote, unquote, messed up. Mm-hmm. right we're yeah, all we're all suffering we're all suffering right just like mm-hmm. the condition of life is suffering seems yeah. like right mm-hmm. so then to alleviate that suffering a little bit so that mm-hmm. your life isn't you know as like it doesn't have to be this bad mm-hmm. right so to alleviate that you can kind of partake in these practices and these practices have been known around the world for a long time mm-hmm. right exactly. we've, we've been aware of this concept but we like it like we were talking about before you get lost in this cycle right this like this hamster wheel takes you with it with it right right? and it's it's really tough to do on your own like you go like all right i'm stuck in a loop but how do you get out of the loop right so the guidance definitely helps and it's good to have mentors like this that are and i'm I'm glad that at least now in in the sciences or in academia there's a bigger uh approach and like i guess value towards mental health practices and a lot of these uh programs they're like uh, you know doing cbt and stuff like that like mm-hmm. cognitive behavioral therapy and mm-hmm. like i know for a fact that occupational therapy has like mental health uh mm-hmm. exactly, you know yeah. concept of it as well that's so, one of the things why i want to pursue it like the whole idea of like mental health and psychotherapy isn't really present in any of the other rehabilitative sciences right so right. i think that's very interesting 
And it's like something that every single person suffers from. It's not like mm-hmm. no one's exempt to it. Right. right. I bet yeah. even Sam Harris feels this way, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, and even like the CBT or like, like meditation and all that stuff, like it's all connected to the, the same thing, but it's, it's hard to describe what that thing is, right? Like that conscious experience. It's like, it's like trying to describe a color to like a blind person or like trying to describe like a feeling, like you don't have the words mm. for it. You just have to feel it, right? You just have to experience it. It's almost like how people, uh, when they explain certain states of mind, mm-hmm. right? You know, people that are in, in like very, like, you know, if you meditate for a while, if you're super conscious, you, you experience it, you alter your perception. Mm-hmm. And we do it with like coffee or like whatever, like, you know, when you're just like any, any type of uh, substance that can alter your perception, right? Mm-hmm. So knowing that without the use of any substances, you can reach that level of not even complicacy, but like simplicity actually, right? Like this level of like, this, this foundation that exists whether you want it to or not, right? You know, you're just not aware of it, right? Like this consciousness mm-hmm. that exists. But once you become aware of it, it does feel like, and I hate, it's like a pun, but like it does feel like waking up, right? Like it's like, wait a <laughs> second, right? Like I've, yeah. been, I've been sleeping my entire life. Like I've been just caught up in this, 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 this gust of things that are happening all, all around me all the time, mm-hmm. right? And now all of a sudden I'm seeing things and like, it's like coming out of the womb. You're like yeah. this very, like you're seeing things from a very fresh perspective and it, and it continually refreshes itself throughout the day. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Like I think um, a lot of people who haven't invested as much effort into like meditation and mindfulness might not really like understand it or like might not be like, okay, this is life. This is how it's supposed to be. And when you hear someone talk about, mindfulness so highly you go like that person is like it it doesn't know what they're talking about right Right, right, right. like life couldn't possibly be that like joyful right you have to be in this like grind all the time yeah (laughs) you have to be grinded no way that person could just sit there and feel joyful but then but you can like Mm -hmm. and that is like the biggest realization of them all and i i hope I hope you continue on this path and I hope I continue on this path as well. Yeah. Cause we, we like, you know, from like, you know, uh, taking in all this knowledge, it's one thing to read about, you know, you can't learn how to ride a bike by reading about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you have to ride the bike. <laughs> so yeah. I feel practice. like it takes practice. Exactly. And there's going to be days where you're going to be off and that's fine. You just have mm-hmm. to like understand this is a continual process yeah. and you just have to like hack away at and become good at it right? you know and after yeah. a while I, I, I like i want to see what the results are like 20 years from now you know who knows mm-hmm. you know yeah. maybe we'll like we're proactively getting rid of trauma that would have happened to us mm-hmm. if we didn't take this path right yeah and who knows like you know that's why wisdom that's why knowledge is important that's why it's powerful right like if mm-hmm. you know about this then you know and you know that that's what books are it's like someone else's lived experience yeah you know and they give it to you well, not for free but like they give <laughs> <laughs> you can buy it right right like you don't have to arrive at those conclusions by yourselves right. self right like if you look at like all of literature all of like even scholarly literature research and stuff it's like you have a question you can find out the answer without putting as much work as, those as that people. person who did it right right and then you can add to their work and then the general knowledge just keeps growing and it's much easier to access the same knowledge within a short amount of time yeah it's really really powerful and that's why like it's important that people expand their themselves and people are open to ideas right that's what we mm-hmm. do like when we if a person who's like very uh you know 
typical of of you know a person in society and they're like oh this this mindfulness you know voodoo magic whatever these guys are talking about consciousness quantum you know whatever <laughs> <laughs> like they get caught up in the lingo mm-hmm. then like you know they just like they have the confirmation bias that it's something that is that doesn't work and right. there's like they're not open to ideas so i think mm-hmm. as a society not just for meditation i think for any given uh aspect of life if mm-hmm. new information comes in like be open to it like you don't yeah. like you know there's more that you don't know than than what you know now and what you don't mm-hmm. know is more important than what you know now you know like mm-hmm. there's a larger volume of things that you are unaware of exactly right? right like i like to think of like spirituality and all of that as like as human truths right like the, like we're all humans it's all it's it's like something to be human mm-hmm. right what if we could improve that experience right and i think that's what mindfulness offers like to experience uh to improve your experience of like you know your human experience and i think that can be very powerful in your daily life right and it's like it 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 applies to every single person in every single circumstance mm-hmm. you know like this mindfulness can be effective if you're poor rich broke whatever right like yeah. regardless of your your gender your whatever like you mm-hmm. it is the human condition yeah. you know mm-hmm. so yeah man i think like i don't know every time i talk to you i just feel like very i feel very grounded and i feel very inspired because mm-hmm. i feel like we always like feed off of each other and it's always like old times because <laughs> like ideas are so important as vectors to just evolve into something that is tangible right yeah exactly and it's also like very helpful to like you know talk about things and you know like you think about them but it doesn't do you the same benefit as just to talk to someone about it and i think we always have like these these conversations that are mutually interesting to us and we can mm. grow in ways that we want to like i i think and many other people that i can't talk to about these same topics cuz they're not interested in it right right so it's really important to find people who are in, interested in these same things yeah man thank you so much for uh, for being here and like for like all that you've done for me over the last couple of years i know like we've worked together a lot and we work well together too i feel like you know we're just like when we're you know in our undergrad and whatever and i i'm really really excited for your future cuz i know you're going to you're going to be doing you know incredible things mm-hmm. uh you know that are ahead for you and we'll just keep on growing i guess like along these lines because every single time it's like we we catch up it's like something new and it's something inspi- inspiring i guess on my mm-hmm. end because i'm like oh like yeah we're living our we're trying at least we're in the pursuit mm-hmm. of trying to live our best lives right yeah no thank you for having me on on your podcast and um same goes to you man like i started meditating because you were meditating right? right and i think i started that and it's had such a positive impact on my life so i think it's it's a give and take so thank you for for you yeah man and i would love to have you on again uh, in a future episode oh, that that'd be great i had a really right, good time take care you too bye <laughs>